New World next week. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And I'm James Evan Pilato of MediaMonarchy.com. Drug dealer patents drug to treat addiction to drug. We've got that story, plus more doctors on the big pharma payroll. But first, the geopolitics. Russia claims filming of staged chemical attack in Syria has already begun. Footage meant to serve as proof that the Syrian government has conducted a chemical weapon attack in Idlib, Syria, will be provided to global news outlets, the Russian military claims. They say that the intel on the events came from the local residents of the town where this all allegedly took place. Russian military said the footage would include scenes of white helmets operatives treating supposed victims of an apparent barrel bomb chemical weapon attack by Damascus. The Russian military spokesman said... Quite surprisingly, quote, the false flag attack by the adversaries of Damascus who count on foreign armed support is very possible. We have irrefutable evidence of preparations for it, end quote. And to back all of that up, and of course, the Cold War heats up. Wild, deranged Nikki Haley warns Russia and Iran of dire consequences over Syria military assault. Meanwhile, Mad Dog Mattis as well says Assad has been warned against chemical weapons use in Idlib. And to tie it all up with a nice little bow, the new United Nations report claims that the Syrian government have already used chemical weapons three times in 2018 alone. James? Yeah, and uh, of course, we not only have all of the gaggle of neocons that Trump has appointed to his administration issuing their threats, but we also have Trump himself tweeting his warnings at Syria and Russia, you know, don't get involved in Idlib and what's going to go on there. So we know what is coming, and you can see it in uh, all the reporting that's coming out in the MSM right now, the BBC and others saying there's going to be a chemical attack, there's going to be a chemical attack. I wonder how they know. What's about to happen? Hmm. Uh, so, yes, no doubt at all that they're going to either provoke something or stage something in order to justify whatever the next move is in Syria. It's a very, very uh, a worrying situation, and I'm going to have more to say about that in the International Forecaster editorial this weekend. But I want to direct people's attention to an article that I think really puts this into perspective and hammers it home especially this week, the 9-11 anniversary week. It's from mintpressnews.com. 17 years after 9-11, U.S. counts al-Qaeda among allies in Syria and Yemen. And that's it in a nutshell, isn't it? Let's not forget, al-Qaeda are now the good guys, the allies of the U.S. and their, their, their proxy forces and their friends in Syria and in Yemen. Uh, and that is the long and short of it. And so all this never-forget-nonsense propaganda that we've been talking about this week, here it is in laser focus. They want you to never forget 9-11, and that's the reason we got to be over in Syria helping al-Qaeda? What? What on earth does this mean? Of course, it's total nonsense. So anyway, uh, some very big things happening in Syria. We're going to have to keep our eye on them, and I'm going to be writing about that uh, this weekend, as I say. Well, and it does, I mean, you're right, it does all kind of swirl around the anniversary, as it always does. And you, I mean, <laughs> you've got Trump and Giuliani in Shanksville, what, playing 4D chess? If I'm not mistaken, that's the guy that used to go on the Alex Jones show and give a lot of yap-yap about investigating. It's just... It, yeah, it's, but they're fighting the deep state, James. Apparently you do that by completely parroting the 9-11 story and uh, appointing neocons and threatening Syria and all of the same things that absolutely any other Republican or Democrat would be doing right now. So let me ask you a couple questions here before we wrap up this first segment. Um, 
I was thinking about this earlier. Uh, we've talked about it in years past. Has Trump continued the time-honored tradition of continuing the 9-11 state of emergency that they've continued to do every... Very good question. I don't know. I haven't seen that renewal. I'm going to assume that it has been renewed once again, as it is every year, but someone out there in the audience, I'm sure, can uh, let us know one way or the other with a link to the appropriate uh, thing. But of course, we do know that he has 100% parroted the 9-11 story time and time again, including uh, when he was going to send more troops to Afghanistan. Well, we know that 9-11 was directed from Afghanistan. That's why we can't pull out of Afghanistan. Or sitting there at NATO headquarters, where he was going to abolish NATO, right? No, he's sitting there at NATO headquarters at their opening ceremony for their Article 5 memorial with the steel beam from the World Trade Center talking about 9-11. Uh, 100%, all it is, is official nonsense. And uh, we're asked to believe this is the guy who's fighting the deep state. So my other question, kind of back to the, the original kind of basis of this first story, is there precedence for this kind of sort of preemptive, hey, we think this country's about to do this sort of thing. It seems to me like it's fairly new. Usually governments like to feign shock and surprise when something happens. Yeah, it's a good question. Nothing's coming to mind off the top of my head. But again, I'm sure some people in the audience might have some examples to uh, to show okay. us. Uh, <laughs> I'll email them to you for the next questions for Corbett, baby. Our second story is a hat trick of stories, all relating to new dystopian patents, each one, I think, kind of more enraging than the last. Patent the first. Motorola patents, RoboCop autonomous car that breathalyzes, mirandizes you, calls your lawyer, and collects your bail. In patent 1004914, quote, mobile law enforcement communication system and method Motorola engineers describe, quote, a communication system comprising a self-driving vehicle within which to detain a detainee by a law enforcement officer. So basically, you still have a human cop that gets you and throws you in this new RoboCop car that locks you in, administers a breathalyzer, reads you your rights, figures out who your counsel of record is, conferences you and your lawyer, consults with the court on your bail, and lets you even swipe your car to bail out of the car. So that's Motorola's new patent. However, never one to be outdone. The supervillain that owns not only what has to be one of the only grocery stores with massive CIA contracts, but they also own the CIA's favorite newspaper. The Bezos Beast gives us patent the second Amazon patented system that would put workers in cages on top of robots. Illustrations that accompany the patent, and you have to see the illustrations, that always actually will accompany these patents. They're pretty stunning. Granted by the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office in 2016, shows a cage-like enclosure around a small workspace setting atop the kind of robotic trolleys that now drive racks of shelves around Amazon warehouses. The patent was called, quote, an extraordinary illustration of worker alienation, a stark moment in the relationship between humans and machines by researchers who highlighted this 2016 patent in a recent study called Anatomy of an AI System, the Amazon Echo as anatomical map of human labor, data, and planetary resources. Our third and final patent is just some classic problem, reaction, solution stuff. Oxycontin maker gets a patent for a drug to treat opioid addiction, aka drug dealer patents drug to treat addiction to drug. James? Good patents, eh? Yeah, well, no surprise on that uh, last one. Uh, With regards to the former ones, I mean... 
I caution against these types of, hey, look at this patent stories, because a lot of these patents are just throwing stuff at the wall so that they can uh, get those ideas locked down. So if they appear in any form whatsoever, they at least have the potential to go out and sue people or, you know, things along those lines. And for people who don't understand the patent system and how it really works, I hope they are tuned into Stefan Kinsella, Kinsella on Liberty, um, who talks about these issues and is a patent lawyer, so he knows a thing or two about that. Um, but... At the very least, these types of patents do show us the technocratic mindset and what the technocrats are dreaming about anyway, um, even if it's not right around the corner. But these are the types of, yeah, it's the technocratic nightmare um, being slotted into place. And we can see this developing. I mean, it doesn't take, I mean, people sometimes marvel at science fiction predicting this or that. Well, often it's just people coming up with ideas and technocrats going, hey, I like that idea. Let's make that happen. So unfortunately, this is the direction we're heading in, unless we can find a way to shunt the, uh, the, shunt the course or take this freight train off that particular track towards the completely Orwellian controlled society in which everything you do is going to be uh, guided along by automated systems that will help to make the process so easy and convenient as long as you play by their rules right yeah you you, you almost sound like you could be doing the the narration for that uh, dystopic film our third and final story this week on new world next week episode 351 won't actually really bring any good news to wrap up the episode however it will continue our exposure of what we've called the crisis of scientism top cancer researcher fails to disclose corporate financial ties in major research journals. One of the world's top breast cancer doctors failed to disclose millions of dollars in payments from drug and healthcare companies in recent years, omitting his financial ties from dozens of research articles in prestigious publications like the New England Journal of Medicine and The Lancet. The researcher, Dr. Jose Bazelga, a towering figure in the cancer world is the chief medical officer at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center in New York. He's held board memberships or advisory roles with Roche, perhaps best known for their bird flu, Tamiflu scam, and Bristol-Myers Squibb, who were notably fined half a billion dollars for illegally marketing an antipsychotic drug, Abilify, to child psychiatrists. These are some of the fine folks that Baselga works for, among other corporations. He's also had a stake in startups, testing cancer therapies, and played a key role in the development of breakthrough drugs that have revolutionized treatments for breast cancer, cures, or <gasps> prevention, yeah, not so much. According to analysis by the New York Times and ProPublica, Dr. Baselga did not follow financial disclosure rules set by the American Association for Cancer Research when he was president of that group, also left out payments he received from companies connected to cancer research in his articles published in the group's journal, Cancer Discovery, and at the same time, he's been one of the journal's two editors-in-chief. James, I, I know, I, I guess oftentimes, and then I listen to the playbacks of these episodes, I, I submit this thing and I go, oh yeah, big surprise. And you essentially say, don't fall for that cynical, oh yeah, big surprise. And I think this is another case, so I, I won't say, oh, shocker. Yeah, James. Actually, actually, I was going to say with this one, the only surprise is that it's being exposed. So I'm, I'm wondering who he pissed off to... Uh, to basically get thrown under the bus like this. But yeah, business as usual. 
as we should all know. And the, the point of the business as usual in this case is that we all know that this is a gigantic scam that is played by the big pharma, not to get you, not as you say, not for prevention or for cure, but just for treatment, so that we can all be treated basically our entire lifespan would be the big pharma model that they would, that they're lusting after. They want us to be sick our entire lives and reliant on their treatment to just keep us going another day. And uh, that's ultimately the big, big picture of this. And little players like this are the people that they put into the positions to uh, to make that happen. Um, and I got to say, my, my little uh, antenna went off with Sloan Kettering, um, people who are interested in the Sloan Kettering... Um, Institute and how that came together and what it did uh, might want to check out my big oil uh, documentary where I did talk about Sloan Kettering and of course their key researcher at the time Cornelius Rhodes who developed uh, the chemotherapy from mustard gas and nerve agents so uh, you know it just all goes back to the same types of people who are employed for particular purposes and uh, again yeah nothing surprising I suppose but again it should just remind us what this system is and remind us that we need to have a healthy skepticism about these these wonderful treatments that are always being offered and the surprising lack of cure and prevention to go along with that. James, we will helpfully include in the show notes the fantastic satirical piece that Joy Camp did a, a year or so ago, Stand Up to Cancer Causes. And speaking of fine documentary work from the Corbett Report, that brand new documentary, 9-11 War Games, is pretty fantastic. I've been playing the audio, James, on my stream pretty much ever since it was published on the 17th anniversary of that catalyzing catastrophic events. And even a little more good news, James, because I, I was actually sharing the link with some folks. Back in the search results, it is true. The Corbett Report Classic, 9-11, A Conspiracy Theory, typed it all out. Doogity ding, there it was. First search result. Now, I don't know if that's just for me. Maybe other folks can try that out as well. But it, it looks like you've maybe been sort of unshadow banned, as the case may be. Speak Pe people can stop emailing me about that because people are still emailing me to say that they can find it now. Okay, good. All right. I don't know. Again, everyone has different search results. So I'm glad it's appearing in some people's search results at any rate. It, it, was a, it was a pleasant surprise for me, I'll say. And speaking of playing the audio versions of your latest documentaries on my stream, I do indeed stream news, music, memes, and more Monday through Friday, 9 to 5 Pacific time at MediaMonarchy.com slash listen, James. All right, we're going to leave it there for this week. Looking forward to next week. James, thanks for three great stories. Thanks, buddy. Take care.